Coming up on Rank the Universe. Brokeback Mountain. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Rank the Universe, the show that gets your life in order. My name is Pedro, and today we are getting fancy counting down your favorite moments of the 2018 Academy Awards. Now, the Oscars just took place on Sunday night, and although the four-and-a-half-hour ceremony was the lowest-rated Academy Award broadcast in years, it definitely delivered on the crazy. We asked you guys to name your favorite moments of Hollywood's biggest night, and we have the results for you right now. As always, you can join the discussion by following us on Facebook at Rank the Universe, on Instagram at Rank the Universe, on Twitter at Rank the Universe, and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. And if you like what you hear, leave us a star rating. We really appreciate it. To discuss all the crazy Oscar shenanigans with me, I have one of my dearest friends. She is a bona fide film connoisseur, a five-time attendee of the Savannah Film Festival, and 27-time Monty Award winner. Please welcome the incomparable Cindy Miller-Ray. Hey, y'all. I've been trying to get Cindy on a podcast for a long, long time, and we finally made it happen. And of course, what better way to have you on the show than to talk about the Oscars? If you don't know anything about Cindy... Cindy and I have been friends for about 10 years now. Oh, my God, yes. And the way we became friends is because Cindy is an actress. She performs. She's a great actress. She's a great singer. We met once, and then she said, hey, I wrote a one-woman show, and I really need somebody to dance at the end of it in gold lame. And I said, perfect. I'm your guy. So Cindy would take me to a rehearsal for her show, and then we would rehearse, and we would stop at Walmart on the way home. Oh, my God, those Walmart trips, the we best. Ha- we had many a Walmart date, and oh now here we are 10 years later. And we just always say we'll always have Walmart. So Cindy is notorious for her love of film. You are definitely a MoviePass member. Definitely. You have a daughter who is in school for this sort of thing. No, Sky, Cindy's daughter, she attends the Savannah College of Art and Design, doing a lot of art things and meeting a lot of famous people and hosting a lot of panels with a lot of really cool shit. And I just live vicariously through her. Of course. Absolutely. So because of Sky, not just because of Sky, but because of your love of film, you've obviously gone to the Savannah Film Festival a bunch of times. Oh my God, it's like, that's my happy place. Yeah. So you got to see most of these movies at the festival, right? Like pretty much all of them. Well, I saw everything except for Get Out, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, and Post. I guess that's four. But when you have nine movies nominated, my God. How do you feel about them upping the number of nominations from five to nine? This year really wasn't bad. I just would never put the Post in there. I would totally have taken out the Post. Phantom Thread, I'm also a little bit on the the fence about, but it's okay. But I would have put probably I, Tanya in there, and I think they, well, I would have put Blade Runner 2049, and they, except for Technical, they totally- Snubbed, completely. Completely snubbed, and it's a great film. I would have put it as my number two. And I also think Molly's Game was a lot much better movie than they, just for one nomination. Is Molly's Game the sequel to Gerald's Game on Netflix? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Molly just says, I'm going to get you. I'm going to tie you to a bed, Gerald. See how you like it. But it's Aaron Sorkin writing it, so, you know. Then it goes on for five hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyway, Cindy is notorious in our community because she hosts an annual Academy Award party where everybody goes in costume. And I'm very proud that a lot of times I went with the pun costume. One year yes. I went as a blue Cupid because I was blue Valentine. That's fabulous. Clever person. One time I dressed like an elephant and then I had a water bottle with a straw and I was water for elephants. That's fantastic. Really dumb. <laughs> Remember the year we were both blue? You were blue Jasmine, I was blue Valentine. I know. And I just, I loved it. It was incredible. She went as Jasmine from Aladdin, but with blue hair and blue so makeup. So I was the movie Blue Jasmine. Perfect. I think that's beautiful. Although I still have my favorite one. One year I dressed up as Crash. So I had a steering wheel around my neck. I had on a leg brace, like a, like my arm was broken, did all of this. And then we have the crazy thing where my neighbors across the street had to come knock on my door because people were parking in their lawn. And I opened the door and I had a black eye too and a neck brace. And they were like, <laughs> like what happened like, to oh you? my God. And I'm like, I'm the movie Crash. I think it's brilliant. This year you, you and Sky. And John, yes. John is Cindy's husband. You had a group costume. What was it? We were Lady Bird because I was totally all for my little Lori Metcalf, and she did not win. She did not win. She I was fantastic awful. in that movie. I think she deserved to win, but I love Alice and Janie, so who's going to say? So anyway, Cindy, we're here to discuss all the craziness from the Oscars. People voted on their top 10 moments. They may not wait. be your moments or my moments, but they're what the people decided. So America gets final say. All right. We're going to go down the list from 10 to 1, okay. discussing people's favorite moments. But before we do that, let's talk red carpet, because nothing from oh. the red carpet made it on the top 10 list, but so much crazy happened. Like, I think I want to start with the Taraji P. Henson controversy. Did you hear about it? Oh, with the Ryan Seacrest? Yeah. Ooh. Supposedly, Taraji P. Henson was talking about how, you know, the universe will take care of the the good people. The universe has a, a way of taking care of the good people. You know what I mean? And then like poked Ryan on the chin and people <laughs> took that as shade from her saying like, Ryan, I'm onto you. Watch out. Now later they both said that they're friends and that she was actually saying like, you're a good person and the universe will take care oh, of you. Yeah. I don't know if I believe it because I saw the clip and it looks, she looks Pretty shady. And, you know, she should be. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. I was so surprised that he was still on there. I'm still surprised he's still doing American Idol coming up I soon. I just today watched the E! Red Carpet, and it was so boring. There were a lot of people who just didn't want to talk to him, period. I know. Which is crazy, because supposedly, and we don't know anything that happened, right. but the network are like, we did an investigation, and he's cleared of all charges, and he's exonerated from any suspicion, which is fine, but now that's always going to be in the back of people's minds, and that's unfortunate, because if he did or didn't do anything, the accusation is there. The power of your words, people. Absolutely. As as far as fashion goes, there was a lot of really good and a lot of really bad. Who are your favorites? I uh, made a list. Actually, Taraji's on my list. Nicole Kidman in that blue dress, stunning. And Gal Gadot. I laugh now. I'm like, I guess I know how to say her name now because everyone said Gal Gadot a million times. Yeah, I, I, th I, I would have thought for sure the T was silent. I would have thought it was Godot. And we're all waiting like, for her right, the whole night. We're waiting for Gal Gadot. <laughs> <laughs> I hated Army Hammer's velvet suit. I thought he looked terrible. I have to say so many people, because Ansel, what's his face? He was in a velvet suit, and there was a lot of velvet suits happening, yeah. and I hate it. It looks to me like you just went to a mall thrift store, and <laughs> you found it, and like, who are you wearing? I've got Goodwill. I hate it. I thought Chadwick Boseman looked fantastic. Like, he looked so kingly, and I don't want to say he looked kingly because, you know, he's the king of Wakanda, but yeah. he looked incredible, so regal and elegant and handsome, and he's in his 40s, and I never would have guessed that. He's in his 40s? Yes. He looks amazing. I would have thought, if you told me he was 21, I would have said, sure. We should talk about Whoopi. I didn't oh. see Whoopi. What, did, what was she wearing? Oh, my God, of course. And Christian Seriano apparently made her this dress, but it looks like a freaking Gone with the Wind dress. It's got gigantic flowers. And I'm sorry for the people that love this dress. I just thought it looked terrible. I'm looking her. it up right now. She looks like a grandmother's couch. She does. That's what she looks like <laughs> to me. I hate this. 
Well, and I felt like I felt like overall that most of the women looked great last night. Like there was no one that I went, oh my god. Of course, Selma Hayek. I told Pedro the story before. The only thing I feel terrible about is she's on the screen and I'm talking about how much I don't really like her dress. And then I realize there's three women standing up there talking about sexual harassment, and I'm talking about her dress. So I'm sorry, Selma Hayek. Pino. I just thought to me it looked like she came in costume as Frida Kahlo. <laughs> like if Frida came to the Oscars in 2018, she might wear something like that. That's kind of the impression I got. All right, Cindy, are you ready to count down the top 10 moments I am ready, of man. the Academy Awards? So it's a really random list. There is a lot from really <laughs> emotional moments to really crazy moments to really moments where people were like, what the fuck is happening? We don't really know, but I've got the people's list. The people chose. I'm excited. Let's rank the universe. All right. All right, Cindy, I have got the people's top 10. It's time to count them down. Number 10, drum roll, please. Drum roll. Number 10 is Jimmy Kimmel's opening monologue. This is a strange thing for me to say because I was following Twitter, but specifically I was following Brazilian Twitter because to me, I've... <laughs> We don't have a separate Twitter. It's just Twitter, right? But I was right. I, I was looking at a lot of the Brazilian Oscar sites because the coverage to me is so interesting because culturally they look at things incredibly different than we do, right? Right. So their monologues, opening monologues, they always hate because the translators, I don't know if you know this, but in Brazil when you watch the Oscars, they're, they're live, but they have translators literally translating on the fly as the people are speaking. So, so much humor and subtext just gets lost because they don't have time to, to translate and explain jokes to you, Right. So anytime there's a monologue, the Brazilian audiences absolutely, absolutely hate it because they can't understand it. It's not humorous. And they love big, right. grand production numbers, and that's what they're watching for. So they panned Jimmy Kimmel so bad. I was expecting it to be so terrible that it wasn't as bad as I thought it, it would be. Gotcha. However, the tone was so weird. Did you, didn't you think so? Well, usually there's just some gigantic number in the beginning, something really funny that they write. And I thought Jimmy Kimmel did great last year. Like, I loved him last year. And I thought it was funny. The beginning was kind of funny with them playing with the 90s, the whole Oscars, 90 years old. Yeah. And put in black and white. But I didn't think it was as funny as he's been before. And I wanted a little flashy. I wanted something flashy. I feel like ever since Hugh Jackman did that fantastic opening number, oh, or, man. which had my favorite moment ever that Hugh Jackman ever did when he didn't see the reader and he just turned it into a techno number. Do you remember? <laughs> it's like, the reader. I did not see the reader. <laughs> I still quote that to this day because That's I loved funny. it so much. And ever since then, nothing's really kind of grabbed me the way that that did. He definitely, definitely said some things I wasn't expecting. Like when he just called out Harvey Weinstein <laughs> in the middle of everyone. Shaheen on Facebook says his favorite moment of the monologue was when he called out Mike Pence. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny it when was. he said, we don't make films like Call Me By Your Name for money. We make them to upset Mike Pence. <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That was very funny. But, you know, actually part of this is that I watched the Independent Spirit Awards, which were are the day before, and I will tell you right now, they're the best awards ever. It was John Mulaney and um, Nick Kroll. It is the fun. You had Go watch it. It is pr probably the funniest. Two years in a row, it's been the funniest opener I've ever seen. And so after that, watching Jimmy Kimmel, it's kind of like, well. It feels a little bit sanitized, right? Like they like they have to watch because they don't want to offend anyone in the audience. So yeah, and the like they, they can say whatever they, they hell they exactly. want. Exactly. Number nine, drum roll, please. Number nine, we have a two and one because we have a tie. So tie. number nine is a tie between 
Kobe Bryant winning his first Oscar and the hot dog cannon. So let's start with Kobe. <laughs> They're so related, these two I things. know, right? <laughs> I didn't see Kobe's movie. I didn't either. I don't think I cared to see Kobe's movie, but I read a bunch of reviews of it this morning just to kind of feel out what it was about. And every review across the board says it's just the most self-aggrandizing piece of bullshit. And now I'm not interested. It's also kind of uncomfortable because I actually listened to something actually on the way over here and they were talking about how he's kind of gotten away. He and Gary Oldman both have kind of gotten away from scandal this award season because he's obviously had accusations. Of course, again, she did not. I don't even know what happened in that case, but still, it's a little weird that people were so like, yay, Kobe Bryant. So nobody hate on me because I don't have really have an opinion about him, but. He still has the finest steak around. It's just perhaps. <laughs> has a couple of steakhouses down there. Yeah. Too, and they're Japanese too, so it's multicultural. There you go. He's pretty diverse then. Yeah. Yay, Kobe. But maybe stick to steaks and not so much to movies. Absolutely. Now we can say that both Kobe Bryant and Eminem are Oscar winners. Whoever knew that would happen. Exactly. Do you know what my favorite, one of my favorite Oscar moments of all time is? Dolly Parton was nominated for her song from Transamerica, which is a beautiful song and just encompasses that movie so beautifully. And everyone thought Dolly would win. And she's sitting there. And there's only three nominees that year. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. her chances are really, really good. And Dolly's just perfect and sitting there expecting her Oscar. And then they read, they open the envelope and they read the card. And the Oscar goes to, it's hard out here for a pimp. I know. <laughs> And then 18 guys who are in tuxedo shirts, not even in real tuxes, just storm the stage. And and you can see Dolly trying to be so polite and clapping for them like she's so happy. But inside, she's like, fuck everything. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard at that. It's so funny to me. Everyone thought they were being ironic, probably, to vote for that song. But you can't. It's hard for you to take the Academy seriously (laughs) when you're like, this year's best song of every movie ever is It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp. Yes. You know? like you can't. I can't take it seriously. No. All right. Now, the hot dog cannon. Oh. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel trying to like pull an Ellen selfie moment with mm-hmm. that and going to the theater across the street, but I didn't think it came across like that at all. I thought it felt really flat. I didn't laugh at all. I didn't see the point. Actually, if I were sitting in a private screening of A Wrinkle in Time and someone came in and shot hot dogs at me, I'd actually be pretty pissed. Well, I don't know. I might like go, oh, Army Hammer. I do think that during that time, one of the funniest things during that, though, is that Gal Gadot is screaming, this is better than the Oscars. And she kept saying that like over and over, this is better than the Oscars. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, and I felt it was so weird because Jimmy Kimmel was like, hey, let's go next door and let's go throw some hot dogs at people. And everyone was like, uh, do we have to? And he started just naming people by name so they would get up and go. But it was kind of funny when um, Guillermo del Toro and uh, Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda had that gigantic sandwich. Actually, that's <laughs> yeah. actually kind of funny. Or even that was the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Better. I loved Kimmel in his opening monologue when he made the joke about to Christopher Plummer of asking <laughs> if Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> looks a lot like the real Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. That was a great joke. Pretty good. That was a great a lot of jokes at poor Christopher Plummer's expense, but I thought I they know. were funny. And he took him in stride. He was laughing. He was he good did. with it. But overall, I thought the whole moment fell flat and it didn't I work didn't for like me. It. And it was just a waste of time, like especially because he kept saying the, the show's running too long. Well, you could have cut that whole segment. Also, I'm mad. There was a whole segment that they put in there for three minutes of just a bunch of random clips of random movies where they just thanked moviegoers for going to movies. And they were like, thank you, audiences, for seeing movies. 
Yeah, the, the reason we're watching this is because we go to movies. You're welcome, but just give right. us a, give us a quick reward ceremony, please. I'm like, what is this leading up to? Nothing. You know why this happened? In memoriam had like so few people that anyone knew. Yeah, not That's enough people why. died. I guess so. They what just we're said saying. we're just gonna put a whole bunch of clips because we're not gonna be sad over a whole bunch of dead people this year. And oh my sorry gosh. for all the people that died that I didn't recognize, which was like probably three quarters. And I and then it's terrible that you're like, I'm so glad that I didn't know many people that died this year. Yeah, it's like I always That's feel weird sick. in segments like that because when they applaud for some people but not others, you're like, well, that's shitty. You know, I want just hold yeah. your applause till the end, and then everybody can feel the same. Oh, and they put a couple actors. They just they played whole scenes. Of theirs just but not all the actors oh my gosh do you remember that year i think it was on the grammys where they had an in memoriam segment at the grammys and mick jagger was performing the song that the 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 slideshow was played to but they had a picture of mick jagger first on the screen and so everyone was like what he died and then all of a sudden he just comes out and starts singing and it was so confusing why would you do that terrible planning grammys well, I tell you, the Independent Spirit Awards is all like bring it up again. Last year, they actually didn't do who died because so many people died. They just did who's still alive. <laughs> that <laughs> okay. That's incredible. That was I the best. I need to start watching them. Yes. All right. Number eight. Okay. Drum roll, please. Gonna be? Uh, number eight is Rita Moreno. All of oh, Rita Moreno. Oh, we love her. Her entrance is my favorite thing that happened last oh, yeah. night. I thought it was so over the top and oh, incredible. Yes. And she didn't give a shit. She's like, I'm no. going to do my grand entrance with my pose. She looks amazing. She can still fit in that dress. Do we think it's the actual dress? Or do well, we think it's I a saw, replica? I saw a picture. And so the, it looks like it's been altered. Because it looked like it wasn't a tube top top. Yeah. So it looked like it was like, so but somehow it still fits her. No, and I'm sure it was she's altered, an but she's an egot, so let's face it. Yeah, she, she can, can do whatever she wants. You know who's a double wrong. egot now? Robert Lopez. Did you know that? No. By winning his Oscar on Sunday night, he now has two of every award. He has two Tonys, oh, two Oscars, two Grammys, and I think two Emmys. He, he might have more than a couple. He's he's won every Tony he's been nominated for, and he might have three now. Show off. But he's the first double egot ever at age what 41. Poor thing. He's fine. I think yeah. he's set for life. <laughs> so too. <laughs> Hey, Rita Moreno, I think she's incredible, and I think she looked oh. fantastic, and I think she just played everything for laughs. I loved her. Well, you know, I played Anita one time on stage, which is, first of all, super unbelievable <laughs> if you know how wide I am. So it's just let's just leave that there. Can, can we hear a little snippet of you playing Anita? Puerto Rico. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. I would cast you. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I despise West Side Story. I do That's not right. like it. I hate the music. I hate the show. It bores me to death. I appreciate it for what it is. I don't need to see it. I don't need it. I love West Side Story. You and 99% of the population. I just, I, I know I'm I'm going against the grain. Plus I was Anita. So, you know, you have to feel like a yeah. little bit of allegiance because it's a show I was in. Ooh, are you ready for a really good number seven, Cindy Miller, right? Oh my God, what is number seven? Number seven, drum roll, please. Number seven needs no introduction. Meryl fucking Streep. Okay, there's so much to say about Meryl because she won nothing, doesn't need to win anything for the rest of her life. No. But she was so prominent in that whole ceremony and so many moments. First of all, my favorite thing that happened last night is that not only did she go dressed as the fairy godmother from <laughs> Shrek, but also she recreated her own meme. Did you see that? No. You know that meme from the Oscars a couple years ago where it was Meryl like going, woohoo! And uh -huh. she has her hands on her mouth. She did it again last night. And so now there's a new version of the same meme oh. with Meryl again. The internet's going crazy about it. God bless Meryl. She has to have known, right? Like, she's not unaware of what's happening. She has to have known that that was going to be a thing. And it totally is. And I love that it is. 
I love that the the tides have turned now to where you know for a while it was like Meryl greatest actress of all time greatest actor of our generation and she is like it's yeah. unquestionable but now all of them are kind of turning on her in a humorous way and I think it's hilarious like I loved when Jodie Foster and Jennifer Lawrence came the out best. and they started insulting the her that was the best it just there was so much Meryl Streep humor Jimmy Kimmel said what that the only time that Meryl Hatton won an award was between 92 and 95, 95. and it's because she was in prison <laughs> it was the best and she just goes with it. That's my favorite she's thing. Like, whatever. They put her on the front row. They're just like, oh, she's a great emoter. Yeah. She'll just emote. And twice now, because at the Golden Globes, when Kelly Clarkson met her, she had the oh, best reaction. Yes. But did you see Tiffany Haddish meet her last <laughs> night on the red carpet? <laughs> it was so good. She hopped over the velvet rope in her dress to go say hi to Meryl. And Meryl was like, hi, and was really nice to her. And then she just hopped back on over and continued the interview. Because that's Meryl Streep. Absolutely. She's someone who can just do that. It's, she's incredible. I love her. Do you think, though, since you saw The Post and you're a big Meryl fan like I am, do you think she deserved her nomination for that movie? Here's my controversy. Absolutely no. She did not deserve it. This is the only thing I will tell you. I'm a huge Meryl fan, and I'm not a big fan of The Post. I thought it was okay. And it's the first time, don't quote me, but I guess I'm going to be quoted. I'm sorry, Meryl, because if you ever hear this, it's the first time I ever saw her act. I've always felt that she's so real but I and I would almost swear to you that if she if I asked her seriously, did you like playing that part? She would say no. It feels to me like that was Steven Spielberg like, hey, I have some time between these <laughs> movies. Like, you want to just do something real quick? Yeah, that's kind of how it feels to me. Like the poster of the post didn't even say the post. It just it had a shadow of Meryl and Tom Hanks. And it just yeah. said in big letters, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Steven Spielberg. Like, what the fuck's this about? I don't even know. I just know that they're in it. And I guess they're big enough that they can sell the movie on their own. That's not why you should make a movie, you know? Like, no, I, I personally, I think it's a very interesting story, but I wasn't into that movie at all. Yeah. I felt like it didn't allow you to cl- get close to it. I felt like I was looking at a movie through a window. And it, Meryl's interesting because someone asked her, you know, The Devil Wears Prada. That's one of her mm. most, that movie is really fun to watch. And I, it's one of my favorite movies. And it's probably one of my favorite performances of hers in a long time. And someone asked her, like, was it so much fun doing that movie? And she said, absolutely not. Because she's like, I'm a method actor and I'm in that character's mindset the whole time I'm filming it. And Miranda Priestly is miserable. She's going through a lot in her life. And she said, no, it wasn't fun for me. The movie's fun, I'm sure. But she hated it. Interesting. Meryl's a goddess. Meryl can do anything. Absolutely. Except maybe not another post. No. I've only seen Meryl be bad in one thing in my entire life. And that that was in the ant bully when she, <laughs> she she was the voice of the queen the queen ant and i thought she was garbage oh my god but at least she wasn't in new year's eve everyone else was like she knew to stay away from it oh my gosh do you remember we went to see new year's eve every oh person god. ever is in that movie and then in the middle yes. of it we go well who's gonna show up next cheryl cherry jones and sure enough two scenes later there's cherry jones and then we're laughing hysterically and no one else and everyone like, once again i'm in a movie where people turn around and look at us to see why we're laughing at we're really good moviegoers movie. i feel i think we are we've had some pretty good experiences and some well, cindy and i sat through a <laughs> more together i don't know if you remember <gasps> That French, probably the most depressing film I've ever seen. French language with English subtitles about a... Did she have Alzheimer's? She did. She did. And then he wouldn't ask for help from the children. And it was just... Miserable. Quiet. And I I didn't even feel like I could chew my popcorn that was going to be too loud. Yeah. So it's the two of us (laughs) and one other man in the theater. And we're watching this movie because 
we're completionists and we like to watch every movie to make sure that we're prepared for the Oscars. Yes. And then we're like trying to be really quiet and co- commenting with each other about it so that we won't disturb the man because obviously, you know, he's a film goer. And halfway through the movie, we just hear him snoring. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Cindy, I think we can talk now. because <laughs> he, he even hated it. This poor man by himself in the movie theater. I also remember one time we went to see The Impossible. If you don't know what The Impossible is, it's the <laughs> Naomi Watts tsunami movie. And of course, it's me and Cindy and her husband, John, and her daughter, Sky, And oh, the four God. of us are sitting there, you know, trying to enjoy this movie for what it is, which is a gruesome, horrifying movie about the tsunami disaster. And what, 17, 18 teenage children walk in? They were trying to get into Texas like... Texas Chainsaw and, Massacre. And it was a rated R, so there's all these children who thought they were going to sneak into the movie, and they couldn't. They couldn't because they, they were checking stuff, so they came to see The Impossible instead. <sighs> and there's a scene, I remember, where Naomi Watts' boob slips out of her shirt, and it's this really beautiful but uncomfortable scene where her son sees her boob, and she's very uncomfortable, but also like they're in the middle of this disaster. Right. She's just been survived a tsunami. And we're like feeling for this woman and they're just cackling, cackling that they saw a boob on screen. Terrible experience. Thank you to AMC Brandon for giving us free tickets for that horrible, horrible, horrible night. And they took those kids out and they had told them, if you make one more sound, you're leaving and we're not refunding your tickets. And they did it. Good riddance. Yes. That's all I got to say to that. Absolutely. Also, if you want to see a really gory, gruesome movie, go see The Impossible because the back of her thigh falls out. <laughs> and, oh. and you get to see some uh, one Naomi Watts boob. Number six, drumroll please. Number six is the historic victory of Jordan Peele. Ah, I'm sorry, it's probably props gonna be that to one. him. Yay, I loved, loved, loved Get Out. It is in my top two movies of this whole year. I thought it was yes. so brilliant. I thought it was written so well. I thought it was acted so well, directed so well, so clever. I think so much symbolism and so much, so much yes. to say. I loved it, and the fact that he won that. Peel from Key and Peel won for writing a brilliant movie. I think that's poetic to me. I, I love it. I think it's brilliant and I'm really excited. For I him. just saw the picture of like Keegan when Keegan saw him win. It was so sweet. Like I was like, oh my gosh, your friend won. And just the audience. I felt like I felt like everyone, even like Greta Gerwig, seemed truly happy for him. Yeah. Like I just felt like even for people that got nominated in that, they weren't just mad. You know, it's just and so people was, were like willing him wonderful. to win, and he—it's just so deserved because he—he he even Great. said in his speech like he rewrote the movie and stopped writing it twenty times because he didn't think people would care. It's perfect. I loved that movie so much, and it was so surprisingly smart. I loved it, and I think he deserved it so much. I do too. Cindy Millerey. Oh my gosh, we've not made it halfway around the world. Oh my god. Normally, at this time of the show, I would ask you for predictions on, on what you think the oh. top five are, but it could be anything, right? Because there's so many moments of the Oscars. Truly. So instead, let's talk about your favorite and your least favorite Best Picture winner of all time. The last movie that was my favorite that won was Slumdog Millionaire. But I also, when I pick my number one, it usually has to be something to me that's super special, that was groundbreaking in some way, or made you look at things differently, or made some big change. And like even last year, I wanted La La Land to win really badly. And because of that, that's why they lost. But I also loved Moonlight, but just not in the same way. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. What's your least favorite movie that's been nominated for Best Picture that you can think of off the top of your head? Oh, my God. What is that Bradley Cooper movie that Clint Eastwood did? And now everyone's going to hate me that's in the military. It's the one where he plays the sniper. And really the biggest thing, the biggest problem that I had with it. American Sniper. Yeah, it was American Sniper. Okay, so American Sniper was probably, I went to see it. I got a stomach virus right after I saw it. 
and I was sitting next to a guy that was chewing tobacco. Sorry for people that chew tobacco, but something that probably should not be done in a movie theater with someone sitting next to you. And it's just that this movie spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on blowing stuff up, but couldn't get a real baby. So they had an obviously fake fake baby. baby. It was so bad that Bradley Cooper even you could I saw him try to move the baby's leg. So my whole thing is like, how can you make a movie that's nominated for best movie use a obviously fake baby? And if you notice it like afterwards that it looks so fake, then just take it out or just cut that part of the scene or don't just don't show the baby or reshoot it. Um, What you don't know is that that baby was actually played by Hillary Swank and it was a million dollar baby. (laughs) It was million dollar baby. But, you know, I said something about American Sniper on Facebook and I got a whole bunch of people in the military upset. But again, my whole thing had to do with that baby. Yeah, it's not about the subject matter of the film. It's just the no. the, the fact that the baby is a fake baby. That. And yeah. Well, I had one other, one other problem. This is probably very, very unpopular. I thought Brokeback Mountain was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought that some of the makeup was terrible. Um, Anne Hathaway, I thought... Oh, she when they looked, try to age her and oh, she's she blonde? Looked, yeah. She looked terrible. And I know that sounds like a weird thing, but I'm kind of like, it's all aspects of a movie sure. for best movie. I think and that's for me, fair to say. I, didn't, I thought they fell totally short on that uh i my least favorite part of brokeback mountain is the fact that i couldn't understand the word <laughs> Heath Ledger said and i saw it at the tampa theater which if you I are not you. from tampa and you didn't you've never been to the tampa theater mm-hmm. the acoustics in there are not the best and they've gotten better over the years but it is an old old yeah. theater and they've tried to do their best with it but every time he spoke it was just like brokeback mountain cut alert cut alert cut alert so in true classic movie fashion, a portion of this podcast was lost due to a wild warehouse fire where fortunately nobody was killed, although at least one person was severely burned and will return in a future episode as a supervillain with a cool costume and a major grudge. But just so you're not lost, at number five, Cindy and I celebrated the timely and powerful acceptance speech given by Frances McDormand, and at number four, we gushed about how exciting it was to have a best picture upset and watch The Shape of Water take home the gold. There, now you're caught up. Let's keep going. Don't go sleep with your fish people. I mean, go sleep with the fish people, just not with your fish, comma, people. <laughs> Grammar is everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cindy, are you ready for this? Because we've gotten yes. into the top three. These are the top three oh my God. favorite moments of the Oscars 2018. Number three, drum roll, please. Number three is the Helen Mirren jet ski. <laughs> I loved that. So much from the fact that there was a jet ski on stage to the fact that it was given to the person with the shortest speech to the fact that they convinced Helen Mirren to just stand there like she's Vanna White and present the jet ski. Helen Mirren. And she looked like an ice goddess. I don't know what she was wearing, but I'm here for it. She's like, what, 70? Yeah. And she looks amazing. Oh, my God. I laughed out loud at that moment. I thought it was so good. And when they added Lake Havasu at the Days Inn, I thought I was going to lose it. <laughs> Could you imagine anyone from Hollywood staying at a Days Inn ever? <laughs> no. <just> ridiculous. <laughs> but that, that to me just played into the whole fun of it. That was one of the yeah. most fun moments of the whole Oscars to me. I agree. And the fact that Sam Rockwell was the first speech of the night, gets up there and he goes, I really want to win the jet ski. Yes. And then gives the <laughs> longest speech of anyone. And he really thought he was trying too, poor guy. But he did not win it. Who won? It was the costume designer. This is funny. He came out with Helen Mirren. It was hilarious. A $17,000 jet ski, too. Like, yeah. even if you don't want a jet ski, sell that shit and get the money. You want an Oscar and 17 grand. I just think that jet ski moment and that yes. the gif of her, gif, gif, gif is a peanut butter. I refuse to call it gif. It's a gift to me. Okay. But the gif of her with the jet ski, just like parading it around. I just want to erase the jet ski and just replace <laughs> it with anything and make it a meme forever. 
Moving on to number two, probably one of my favorite moments of the entire night. Number two is the presenting duo of Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, my God. They were the best. And there's also something that was pointed out about Tiffany Haddish, which I think is true. When she went on SNL, she talked about how she had bought one white dress for all the award shows. And I'm pretty sure when she was presenting, it was that white dress. That would be such a baller move on her part. I hope I'm pretty that's sure true. it is. I'm pretty sure. But it even is. if it's not the same dress, she wore UGG slippers on stage at the she Oscars, did. and no one cared. And she just they they came out. She and Maya just holding their shoes, and I'm like, that is every woman everywhere what they want to do. Yes, and then they were so funny together. Like they talked about one's pooping scene and the other one's peeing scene, and it's oh, yeah. okay. Oh yeah. I I saw a campaign this morning for them to host the Oscars together next year, and I would be so down for it. Oh, absolutely. I would love it because I think they just they did it just respectfully enough that everyone was with them. But also, like it's two women of color, extremely talented, Agreed. extremely funny, great chemistry together that you never would expect. Please give them a show or a buddy cop movie or something. And I think that Maya, as funny as Maya is, I think she can kind of like I have a feeling Tiffany could probably be too much on her own. I agree. And but she so the two of them together they like temper each yes, other. Yes. Yeah, cuz Tiffany is a lot. And I I will say that yes. I find some of her comedy really funny and some of it just annoys me. <sighs> and Maya Rudolph can be a little subtle sometimes. So it's kind of a great mix because every time Tiffany would go a little over the top, <laughs> Maya would just bring it right back down to earth and Maya really knows how to get grounded and centered and like let me just play the straight woman for a second before I hit you with, you know. Oh yeah. The comedy. I loved it. I loved it too. I loved everything about it. I want a thousand more of it. I agree. Ah, so good. Which brings us. I, I know what number one is. To the number one moment of the Oscars 2018. Number one is the musical performance of This Is Me. This is me. This is going to be unpopular, so let's just Uh-oh. get it out of the way Uh-oh. now. I did not love The Greatest Showman. As a matter of fact, I kind of hated it. I don't like the movie. I love the music. Yes. That's that's what was going to be my yeah. next thing. Yeah. I think the music, it's Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. They wrote Dear Evan Hansen, which is on Broadway now. They won a thousand Tonys for it. They wrote lyrics for La La Land. Yes. So they won an Oscar last year. Right. I think the music, and I would even venture to say the choreography and the staging and the cinematography was fantastic. Like as as far as agreed, I see it as a collection of music videos because as a movie, I don't think it earned any. Uh, the pacing was all wrong. All of the yeah. big emotional moments didn't have any depth to me because you didn't earn them. When Michelle Williams sings her big song, you're supposed to feel really bad for her, but I don't care for her because nothing happened to set me up for that. Right. So right. So I didn't love the movie, and everyone. I mean, it was the most hyped movie in the theater community. You know, I sing for a living and I'm with performers (laughs) 24-7 and everyone's like, The Greatest Showman, The Greatest Showman, please go see The Greatest Showman, The Greatest Showman, The Greatest Showman. Finally went to see it. Didn't love it. And I'll be honest about it. I didn't love it. And I was like, why do people love this so much? But then, this is Melissa's commentary about The Greatest Showman. She goes, this is meh. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. It's so good. But I get why people love it because so much of that music is relatable and when you isolate just that song 
my God, that performance was amazing. So Kiala Settle was the singer. She played the bearded woman. I didn't think she could pull it off live. I really didn't. And then she did. All I can say is when she started, like you can tell people are nervous. Like I could tell she had some nerves, but who wouldn't? My God, you're up on this big stage in front of millions and millions and millions of people. Right. But when she went, she got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then when she started crying and that, that, then I'm just like about to start crying. And then she came back from crying. Like she had that super strong note right after that. And I'm like, damn girl, that was just beautiful. The crying moment, I was almost worried for her because I was like, the big uh, part hasn't happened yet. I know. She's bawling. And we know what happens. We saw Adele Dazeem really fuck up, let it go. I know. Moana got hit in the face with the cloth. You never know what's going <laughs> to happen at the Oscars, right? She starts crying, and I'm so into it, and I'm feeling for her because you can tell this means so yeah. much to her, right? And it was beyond the movie to me. It was beyond the Oscars. It was this one woman saying, hey, I am who I am. Accept me, and I love what I'm doing. And then that choir behind her of all different types of people amazing and she starts crying i'm like oh my god girl hold it together but also i'm with you like and she got pitchy it wasn't perfect vocally but who cares it was so beautiful and i feel right. like halfway through her crying the camera panned in zoomed in on her and she was like i don't give a shit anymore that's and right. she's like, i'm just gonna do this and she just let her rip and ah, uh, i got teary watching it i did too and i watched it again this morning and it was just as good and as a song, that's such a well-constructed song because it just says everything you wanted to say and it goes everywhere you want it to go. And yeah, I don't love the movie. And I think but by itself last night on that stage, oh my God, all all of the, yes, they give it to me. I love it. Well, then you're so anticlimactic for it not to win. I really feel sorry for the poor Coco people because I know they're like, yeah, we won. Everybody else is like, what? Yeah, and it, it's hard to blame it on the Oscars because they could, that performance could not have been the last one. If, if that was third or something, can you imagine? Then like the poor guy from Call Me By Your Name has to go play his oh, guitar God. after. Like, he, he doesn't stand a chance. So I get why that one was last. Comparatively, the Coco performance was garbage. It didn't represent the movie at all. They did the Miguel version from the credits, which no one likes. Really, I wanted just the little boy to play the guitar with his grandmother. That's all I wanted. But I will say, from an awards perspective, I like the Coco song better because it's it's integral to the movie, you know? And, and from within the, the, the story of the movie and, and how that movie's constructed, that song is so important. So I get why it won, but that if we're judging just the performances, this is me. Well, and I think that's part of the hard thing for when you pick song, for, because for me, this is me is my favorite song. But you're right. I do think you need to consider it as how it contributes to the movie. Yeah. Which and is why they changed that rule, too, because it used to be that you could just put a song on the soundtrack and play it over the credits. Right. And that counted. And that doesn't count anymore. The song has to be in the movie now for it to count. So I get I get why Remember Me won. Well, and if we really talk about This Is Me, really even in relation to Greatest Showman, the thing that pissed me off about that movie was that's this beautiful song that sets up the whole movie. And then the Hugh Jackman character does does everything to not like to like avoid those people that are freaks and doesn't really try to help them anymore yeah, until he needs upset. them again. And then everyone likes like, Oh, it's fine. Yeah. They're like, this is me. We're not going to stand for this, but then they totally stand for it. And he's like, I'm going to go off with this singer for a little while. And whatever the hell happens to you guys is whatever happens. Yeah. And everything falls apart. And then he's like, I need you guys. And they're like, we're here for you. What? And they were like, cause you're Hugh Jackman. If that's like another person, they'd be like, Nope. So that's why. Right. That's why that movie did That's work why to I'm me. like, I'm watching this. This is, it's basically a lifetime movie with music. With beautiful music. Beautiful music. Cindy Miller yes. do we yes. have any predictions for Oscars 2019? <laughs> Anything that's got any buzz? You are the person who would know. Um, no. I'm sorry. It's one thing I don't have any. I don't have any. I'm excited about Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time looks really great. I'm reading the book right now and I always forget how good it is. And I think this movie looks pretty good. And. 
It, of course, features the fourth prong on the cross. It's the Oprah. Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> and I love in the movie when they're like a force like no other, the greatest force in the universe, and they cut to a shot of Oprah. Yes, absolutely. It's so good. And it's Ava DuVernay. So, yes, so it's going to be exciting. amazing. Apparently, Oprah did like, what, 74 interviews in two days for this movie for promo, and it's wow. like the record. She's in the Guinness World Book of World Records now because of, for most interviews in the shortest amount of time. Wow. She's a baller. And Oprah can act. People she sleep on Oprah. She She's can. an Academy Award nominee for acting. People always forget that. Color purple. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic. That's the first fantastic. time I remember seeing her. I know. So maybe next year we'll see Wrinkle in Time. And, and it, then Oprah may be running for president one day. So who knows? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I would love to see the Democratic primary be Oprah Winfrey against Kanye West against Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> just because that's where we're at in life. I saw a headline from The Onion saying that The Onion was closing because the shit they were coming up isn't as it's crazy funny. as the real stuff. I can believe it. Yeah. Cindy Millery, thank you so much for being on the thank show. Thank you, Pedro. You My are honor. an angel. I would love to have you thank on you. many, many, many more times. Sure. Next time, we're talking American Idol judges with Ricky Miranda and <laughs> Melissa LaCistro. American Idol <laughs> premieres on March 11th. We'll be here on March 13th, counting down your top 10 American Idol judges. It's going to be crazy and guaranteed Katy Perry will not make the list. Tune in. We'll see you guys next time. Find us on Facebook at Rank the Universe, on Instagram at Rank the Universe, on Twitter at Rank the Universe. I will see you next time. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Look out, cause here I come.